This is Letters from an International Student. You're listening to Letters from an International Student, a podcast from Student Life and Learning Support, all about how international students who use English as an additional language tackle challenges and build confidence as writers at Canadian universities. I'm your host, Heejin. Have you ever visited the Writing and Language Support Center? It is situated on the fourth floor of Student Learning Center, SLC in short, which is a giant glass building on Gould Street and Young Street. Personally, I have visited there once. Let me take you through that day. I'm in an elevator of the SLC, nervous about my upcoming midterm paper. I walked to the front desk, and one of the staff said, Hi, welcome. How can I help you today? Ask me anything. Um, okay. I don't know why, but at that moment, I had to turn around and pretend that I have somehow mistaken the floor. I hopped right back on the elevator and headed up to the 6th floor, which is called the beach, a go-to hangout spot for anyone attending the university. I guess I was just not ready for that much of kindness. My advice to not be overwhelmed by all the support you'll be getting on top of the ticking deadlines is to schedule an appointment in advance so you can almost prepare yourself properly for the session. This is very important as the Writing and Language Support Center gets pretty booked up during the exam season. Also, the earlier you get help, the more likely you are headed in the right direction. In this episode of the podcast, we are talking about what resources are available for you, both for your academic writing and personal well-being Ensure how our interviewees gain confidence for themselves. We are revisiting you, Tom, Chloe, Irfan, and Tasia, alongside Emma, who is working at the Counseling Center. Let me say this. Academic writing is surely hard. And when I say I acknowledge it, please, please trust me. Over the past three years studying at university, I have developed tactics to guide me through it. I like to think of it as my toolbox. When you're writing your paper, there are times when you would have some vague ideas floating around your head and can't seem to put them down in a cohesive structure. You might think writing your thesis statement would sew everything together, right? But for me at least, that resulted in delaying the paper even more because of the burden to find that exact, concise sentence. What you can do is to write down all the thoughts you have first, write paragraphs separately, and find what you have in common in between them. You are an observer, a detective. Find what your unconsciousness has left as a clue to guide you through this difficult case. This will make your writing a bit more fun. The same goes for your introductory paragraph as well. Writing isn't a linear path. Don't hesitate to be a salmon, as in, come back later to where you started. 
Another tool that I have is keeping a journal. Keeping a journal helps you keep track of time, especially when classes are virtual and all of the days are blended together. It also helps you find your narrative voice and your writing style. You can often learn more about yourself when you don't feel less pressured. Mindfulness is the key. Now, let's look into what other people have in their toolbox. Yutang has started working on assignments earlier so she can consult her professor in office hours. Um, this semester, I took a class called uh, English Literature for my first assignment. I have no idea where my analysis tool goes and how analysis format would be. I have no idea and I don't have foundation for writing an analysis. And I got pretty low in my first assignment, only got 55%. And after that, I started to contact my professor and start my second assignment very early and arrange a Zoom call with her like over 10 times for my second assignment and also my third assignment. She also mentioned the university's career co-op center as a helpful resource in her job search. Here, she met a great mentor from her faculty. I never know how to like use sincere words to write about myself. She actually told me people always see you when they read your cover letter. She also taught me a lot for the interview. When it comes to offering advice to future international students, she stresses the importance of resilience. I always keep my mental health very healthy. I don't want to overwhelm myself versus to like complete what you want to do per day because you don't want your day be wasted. I would always keep my eyes on my aim, my goals, and then keep on going step by step and don't be disturbed. I guess I would achieve my dream one day, yeah. Don't think over over it too much. Life is just life. It's just its goals, yeah. Chloe says that she has refined her own process for writing essays. Because now I'm in my third year, and I kind of get a sense of like how to write a good paper now. So when I get the assignment that I have to write, I mostly start from researching, which is like something that I never did in my first year and I regret it. <laughs> so I, I don't make my thesis yet. I, I start from researching and see other people's opinion toward the subject and also get some more sense of like what turns up they're using and how can I expand my research from those um, key words. Like when I was in first year, I started with a thesis. So I, I kind of like know what point I want to make first. And then I found the research that can back up my point. But then now I just learned that don't write a thesis yet. You find all your sources and then you make out your thesis. It's like way easier that way. I feel like if you really read the stuff that your prof assigned to you, you get more um, in-depth understanding about the topic and maybe you can make more specific and interesting points. And then also go to like the reference part of that reading and then see what else they cited and then read those two. And then I feel like now the paper I write is just like more in-depth and like better. She also cites reading as an important part in improving her writing skills. I feel like reading is the best way to really improve writing because you see how other people write and you kind of just like adapted it. So if I like go back to first year, I'll just be like, you should read more. 
Lastly, she mentioned that she is taking a creative writing class. This semester, I'm also taking like a creative writing class, and I feel like just reading everything in general will just help、um, writing. Erfan recommends having social interactions with people who speak languages different than yours. I would definitely recommend them to talk with other people who doesn't have the same language.、Uh, I personally know four languages apart from English. So people from India who will be coming over here, they seek for some emotional support and they want people who can understand their feelings by hanging out with them. I would strongly recommend them. Apart from that, apart from being with your own social group, I will definitely recommend them to hang out with other people who with whom you can converse in English as well. Because this is the country where you just need two languages to survive. It's either English or French. English is everywhere nowadays. It's a universal language, and it surely、uh, boosts somebody's reputation in getting jobs, in getting.、Uh, Good credits in the university. Tasia writes science fiction in English for fun. What I found about myself is that I love writing, and I love writing in English. And sometimes I just write science fiction stories just for myself as a way to, like, as a hobby and as a way to free my head a little bit. Here's a little tip from Tasia about how she writes her paper. Well, the first thing I do is just write whatever. Just a few sentences. Even if I have no idea what I'm writing about, I just get my thoughts out. The first thing that comes to mind, and even if it's not correct grammarly or if the wording is、uh, not correct, I know that the day later, after doing my research and after just thinking over everything I wrote, getting it out of your head and then resting over, like sleeping over it, and Writing and editing it and spending more hours on it, it、uh, helps a lot. Tasia recalls a moment when she felt she could reflect on all the progresses she has made. I have finished a class of global politics and globalization, and that class was focused on writing. My final paper, when I sat down to write it, and I had my topic before me. I was stuck. I have no idea how I will write it, and I have like two weeks before I have to submit it.、Uh, well, I procrastinated a little bit because I just couldn't get myself to write it. But then one day I sat down and I used one of my strategies where I just wrote whatever, just got the thoughts out of the way from the research I have read before. And by the end of the due date, when I submitted it, I had the whole essay. The work on was perfect, but in like in my head, it was like it's not it. It's not good. I feel like it could have been better. And then the professor he gives me feedback, and I get a great、uh, grade. <laughs> and the feedback he writes is pretty good. It wasn't that what I what I was expecting. I was expecting like a lot worse from me, and. What I realized, maybe I judge myself too hard. Maybe I'm not as bad of a writer as I thought I was. Because if one professor or two or three professors throughout the years are giving me like okay and good feedback, for me it's good. <laughs> I'm better than I was, I guess, and it's accomplishment for me. Emma Anthony is a counselor at the university's Center for Student Development and Counseling. 
She works with students to help promote well-being and work through any personal struggles they may be experiencing. She works on a range of programming related to counseling. So most of our day really involves meeting with students one-to-one for individual counseling sessions. We also offer a group counseling programs that would be one counselor working with a number of students in a, in a group, maybe six to eight students. The primary focus of the group might be a particular issue. So it could be anxiety, it could be uh, career direction, it could be trauma, it could be loss, grief. Um, and so we have a combination of individual and group therapy that we would be doing during the day. And we also do faculty and staff consults. That doesn't happen every day, but often it can be where um, we're contacted by a staff member or a faculty member. And they might be working with a student who they feel is going through a really challenging time and could benefit from counseling resources and supports. And they're wondering um, potentially how to connect the student. Um, or they themselves want, are kind of wondering about ways that they could support the student better. They're wondering what might be good things or supportive things they could say or do um, to meet the student's needs um, during a challenging time and being supportive to them. Emma wants to dispel several misconceptions about counseling and who can seek it out. Often uh, when students do come to sit in with me and you know most counselors we hear this uh, come up often where what might have held a student back from reaching out for support was that they might have held the misconception that counseling is really for people with bigger problems or more serious mental health issues and really that's you know students come to speak with a counselor for a variety of issues so um, if they're feeling confused about their career direction, they're feeling a lack of motivation, they're overwhelmed with school, they have relationship difficulties or trauma, homesickness, you know, problems in their family, just difficulties with or just feeling that it's hard to adjust to university life. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be in crisis or in, be in an emergency situation. Emma highlights the additional adjustment that international students often experience. University is already so demanding. International students have experienced that, but also experience an added layer of so many other pieces. You know, they're adjusting to a new culture. They're adjusting to a new country. Some of them are adjusting, most of them are adjusting to a new language. And then they have the other pieces of, you know, financial stress and being away from their established social supports, their friends and family, right? and then having to start that up again and you know all the cultural implications of that and, and identity development also starting at that time. Who am I? Um, my purpose and my career goals and then having to work part-time. When you kind of really lay all of that on, you know, I'm always thoughtful of just how much resilience that our international students often have to bring. Sometimes Emma and the other counselors she work with find it helpful to provide multilingual students with options for engaging with therapy in their first languages. I think I often have adapted a lot of the psychotherapy and counseling exercises or um, into the student's language. So for example, if we're creating a list of positive self-affirmation statements in a difficult situation, I might invite them to use the script of their language um, so that it's more meaningful for them. We certainly do have a diverse counselors from various ethnic and cultural backgrounds who offer kind of counseling and really bring that cultural um, awareness and experience to their work. 
Some other pieces that I found have been even just learning from students who I don't speak their language, but if there's, I know, a term that they're experiencing or something they're using that captures and culturally just doesn't translate into English the same way, um, I'll just learn the word and make reference to it and use it. It might be challenging for students who use English as an additional language to feel comfortable accessing counseling services in English. With this in mind, Emma often invites students to practice keeping a journal or writing out their feelings. When English is uh, an alternate language for someone, you know, having to come in, be vulnerable, talk about things openly can be really hard. And so writing sometimes there's a little less pressure. It might feel a little less vulnerable. And then once the person kind of writes it down, they then have that ability to kind of glance down and decide what pieces they want to share. You know, we talk about journaling, we talk about, you know, thinking about moments of gratitude. There's a lot, I know I talk to a lot of students, especially international students, about a lot of the anxiety that comes with spoken English and just feeling, you know, worries and shame around, am I speaking properly? Did I say that correctly? Am I going to offend anybody? So when there's a writing element, sometimes it can take that stress away. Um, and that, that kind of shame a little bit away and allow someone to feel a little bit more comfortable. Even if you're not sure what counseling would entail, Emma encourages international students to consider reaching out for an appointment. It can be a lot more casual than students might imagine. It's totally okay to feel uncertain. We know that you know, it's very hard to talk to somebody completely new and completely understand that uncertainty comes with that. But really counseling, you know, it is kind of just like sitting and having a conversation like you and I are right now. It's a warm, welcoming space where, you know, you can share as little or as a lot about yourself, whatever you'd like to. It's really entirely up to you. It's a gift to us as counselors to be invited to support you. So, you know, it's not about um, coming in and having it all together or knowing exactly what to say to your counselor. Like, you can just come in and say, I don't know why I'm here, but I think I need to be here. And so I'm here. Is that okay? Yes, totally okay. And I'm so glad you came. When I first left Korea, not to be sentimental, I have never used English in a daily setting outside of school. Five years have passed, and I'm looking forward to graduating next year. As I always say, English writing is intimidating. It is valid to feel small in front of it. Especially for people who are not familiar with English, you can start to familiarize yourself with it by writing casually, like a journal or a fictional story. It doesn't have to be grammatically perfect, just write whatever you think. It is true that academic writing is a big chunk of the university experience, but also it is not 100% of the academia. So take a deep breath with me. You will find guidance through so many different paths. One key resource you might want to remember is International Student Support, ISS in short. We talked about who they are and what they do in our first episode. They send out the occasional emails with new updates to you 
so it is hard to miss them. When you're lost, reach out to them and they will connect you to the right resources. They are also very helpful for your health insurance, finding a place to live, visas, taxes, anything you want. You can reach out to their email and or go to their webpage through student life and learning support. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Letters from an International Student. It truly has been a journey. You can find more about the student life and learning support team by following us on Instagram at RyersonSLLS. This podcast was produced by Heejin Kim, Mira Govindasamy, and Katria Bolger. Graphic design is by Miriam Nusser, and this episode was edited by Heejin Kim. Thank you to the RBC Immigrant Diversity and Inclusion Grant, as well as Student Life and Learning Support for support with this project. Special thanks to our interviewees, Immaculate Anthony, Teixia Nikolnikova, Chloe Chen, Erfan Sheikh, and Yu Tang Sung.